I'm Katie. <laughs> and I'm Liz. That was shocking. Was the coughing on purpose? I just need to know. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh my god. It was too hype. Well, it was too hype. Uh, if anyone listening out there needs spooky ringtones, hit me up. <laughs> $10 a ringtone. <laughs> I was going to make right. a Patreon joke. Guys, if we had a Patreon, would you pay money? Yes or no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just a question. It's just jokes, except if you would pay it, then it's not jokes. <laughs> if, if you couldn't tell by everything yeah. thus far. Yeah. It's spooky season. It is spooky. Yeah, it's our very first Halloween episode. But don't worry, we're here for all the Halloween content. Is anyone planning on dressing up for Halloween? No, sadly. Maybe. <laughs> I I want to, but I'm not going anywhere, so why would I? That's fair. What is what is your favorite costume? Everyone's favorite co- costume from when you were growing up. Oh, like when we were kids? Oh. Sure, yeah, yeah. I had a dog costume I really liked. Yeah? Yeah. It just it that's... was like a Bernese mountain dog. Aww. I know that's specific, but it's great. That is cute. Okay, my favorite. I had no choice in this, though. This was my very first Halloween ever as a little toddler, as a baby. Um, so, backstory my dad is obsessed with MMs. I, as an adult, I am now also obsessed with them. I understand <laughs> the hype, but like specifically peanut MMs. And so, oh my mom dressed me up as an MM. So, it was literally like. <laughs> It was That's really cute. cute. I have a picture somewhere, but it was literally just like a yellow circle with an M&M, and then I had yellow rain boots, and I was an M&M. Robin? I dressed up as Robin, and my best friend was Batman. Oh my god. That's I sick. costume. That's yeah. so perfect. Like, it made my day. Every person that came up to me in high school was like, Rob- Robin, oh my Your god. Robin. <laughs> yeah. 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 Incredible. The best. Genius. Yeah. I feel like I have too many, but I think if I had to choose either Indiana Jones, because I got mm-hmm. everything from Valley Village, like I didn't, like the only thing I think I bought was like, yeah, I think the only thing I bought was like a, like a hat and a whip from him or whatever, but like all mm-hmm. like, like the, the beige pants, the leather jacket, the, like the, the shirt he wears, the satchel, like all of that was just like thrift store stuff because I wanted it to look cooler than like a store-bought onesie. But I think my my be all and end all favorite has to be I think it was in grade eight I dressed up as the Statue of Liberty, and Why? it was because I don't know we went to New York that summer and, oh, <laughs> and I was yeah. like yeah that sounds fun He's well traveled yeah no it was great I got I got this very curvy green dress and and then we got a uh, and then we got. And my mom, God bless her, she was very supportive of this. Of this thirteen-year-old, we were walking around Valley Village's women's section trying to find a, a perfect green dress for it. I that question was great. I think that was wonderful. 
It was. It really set the tone for this episode. Absolutely. I'd love to describe what we're doing today, if that's... That's Liddy. Go right ahead. All right. Well, so for the rest of the episode, we have some fun history, Halloween history facts or not facts. Some might call fiction things. (laughs) And, and... And we're all gonna guess. So yeah. So uh, so each of us have one or possibly a couple. We'll see where we get <laughs> time <one> dependent. Or... <laughs> time dependent. But we have one to a couple uh, fun statements, and no one else on the podcast knows whether these statements are true or false, and they're all Halloween themed. And we are uh, gonna have to guess whether they're true or false, and then we might learn a few things along the way. But just one or yeah. two. But, but first off, before we get there, Liz. Liz is going to uh, give us a little history lesson. Yeah. I guess I'll try and phrase mine like the little true or false thing. Um, let's see. True or false, uh, Halloween has always been Halloween, I guess. Always been known or called Halloween or All Hallows Eve, if you're really stretching it. False. False. Yes. Yeah. Why would we be doing this episode? Guys. Can you imagine just like, it's like literally the year like 10,000, not 10,000, like 1,000 BC and they're like going cave to cave being like, trick or treat. Yeah. They were like, trick or treat. Ooh, I got more sap. Ooh, nice. Pebbles. (laughs) Anyway. So that is correct. It is false. Halloween as we know it, um, has really changed over the years. In fact, I really, I left on the opportunity to talk about this specific part of Halloween because I am a pagan and I still practice it, but it actually comes from a pagan holiday known as Samhain. Um, you probably have seen it spelled, it's spelled like Samhain, but you pronounce it Samhain. It's pretty yeah, that's Samhain. embarrassing because I've been saying Samhain for yeah. so long. Yeah. It's Samhain, it's Samhain. But yes, it comes from a pagan tradition known as Samhain. And Samhain is actually the last of the three harvest festivals that we celebrate um, in the fall time. And Samhain is especially important because uh, it is believed, and this is kind of where Halloween comes from, uh, it is believed that at this time of the year, October 31st, is when the veil between the realm that we are in and kind of the realm that someone say the spirit realm or where our ancestors are, that that little veil is the thinnest. And so it was the easiest time to communicate with your ancestors and also to uh, offer things to your ancestors. A lot of people feast during that time. So you would, um, sometimes I believe they call it a dumb supper. Uh, dumb is in like D-U-M-B, where I guess they call it that because you set place settings for your ancestors who are not there in a physical form because they have passed on and you give them food and offerings and all these other things um, because you believe, like we believe that they are there with you because the veil is very thin. Similar to the movie Coco, which is probably one of my favorite <laughs> my yeah. favorite Pixar movies, right? It's yeah. that same thing where like all the little skeleton guys that come up and they're either looking at their family and um, yeah. it's, a, it's a really interesting holiday. Uh, it's also... Um, so again, it, it has its origins uh, as a Celtic festival, specifically the Druids. And the Druids were um, a faction of pagans 
uh, that existed pre-Christianity. It doesn't have anything to do with D&D or fantasy druids as in fairies. The druids were just um, kind of like seers and wisdom, you know, wise men, sages, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, this is when, uh, traditionally if we're talking like paganism, like around kind of um, the, when we're talking about like coming into, you know, 100 AD or so, uh, this is when um, the kind of the fall harvest would be wrapping up. So, um, of course, as we see today, uh, everything is, well, if you're Canadian, everything is very dark and gloomy and it gets very cold. And so this is a time where you're finishing up your harvest and you are getting ready for the winter. A lot of uh, sacrifices would take place on Samhain to kind of make sure that you have a good winter. It was also said that if you don't make sacrifices, that um, spirits will haunt you. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because uh, Halloween today is also if you don't give over your candy, little children and spirits will haunt you. So still kind of going today. Um, fire is also a really big symbolism in Samhain. So a lot of people still have fire festivals or you'll go outside and just have a fire. Uh, this is also still seen today in using pumpkins. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. There are several different iterations of Samhain. Uh, and of course, as Christianity started to take over uh, in Europe, um, they tried to, they, the, 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 specifically the Pope tried to kind of reclaim Samhain um, and make it a Christian thing, just like they did with Yule, AKA Christmas. Um, and so what they did was they tried to make it All Saints Day, because again, it's that same sort of idea that uh, November 1st would be All Saints Day, where again, like you would honor the saints, you would honor the spirits, the spirits of the saints and that kind of thing. But yeah, so as kind of the same tradition where, and what's really cool about Samhain is you see it all over. Again, you see it uh, this time of year with, um, I believe it's just specifically Mexico and Central America celebrating Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. Uh, there is also a similar... Um, holiday that is still celebrated by the Huron-Wendat, which is called Feast of the Dead, and it is also around this same time in October, where both of those holidays, again, have symbolize that you're, um, the veil between uh, the spirit world and our world is thin, and that this is a time where you offer food and all sorts of things, usually your ancestors' favorite things. I don't know, like, so your grandpa loved to smoke and <laughs> you bring some cigars and some brandy, uh, things like that, and you offer it. And um, it was especially important because to pagans were getting into the dark part of the year. Um, this is when the darkness starts to take over and uh, we love the darkness just as much as we love the light, but it's, uh, it's an especially important time to be with your family and to honor those um around you okay so i uh well the first question you, you you sort of touched on already but i'm sort of curious i am curious about the placement of of this sort of festival celebration thing that it's at the end of fall and the beginning of winter and like like i, I imagine the season change has a fair significance for why the holidays is placed at this time Absolutely. Yeah, it has a lot to do with fall coming into winter is seen very much as a time of death. Uh, a time of death, you know, for Which makes plants. Sense. <laughs> yeah, and our trees are dying right there. Not dying, but they're going to sleep. And so this has always been a time really associated with death. And that's exactly why uh, I think you, again, would, would kind of connect that, oh, this is a, a time associated with death. This is when our loved ones who have departed are closest to us. 
Um, oh, the yeah. crisp air, the fog, every oh, I love right. This oh, I just this I love it. It's the best. It makes you think of like Sleepy Hollow, right? You I just know. Think something spooky's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm very interested in how we start to interpret these things as scary. Something I get as someone who does like readings as uh, and kind of works as like not a medium, but like. Uh, I do some like intuitive things and the first thing people always say is I don't want to have my cards read or I, whatever else because I just I know you're gonna say something bad that something bad's gonna happen and like no that's not it at all and it's the same thing with spirits a lot of them are, are our ancestors or they are very benevolent and they're just kind of around and so it's interesting that we've taken that because it was very much a holiday of just like you know spirits are everywhere and we just acknowledge that to like oh they're scary and they want to do harm and blah 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 but I mean, I think, again, the association with death and the darkness is what makes it such a great time to celebrate all the spooky things. I know I am loving all the scary movies. I have a random book recommendation. It is not, it's not history related at all, but talking about, I think it's about, pretty sure it's about Dias de los Muertos, um, but read what's it called, Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. It's a book about this time of year. It like takes place all on October 30th and 31st, and it's all about like, uh, the main character like accidentally summons a spirit he's not supposed to and it's like it's a great book it's why but cool. i highly recommend it oh my god yeah well thank you Liz. Well, thank you yeah all right who wants to go first for their true or false or fact or fiction which is probably a better thing to call it i can go first okay so fact or fiction during the Salem witch trials, 30 women were found guilty of witchcraft and 19 of whom were executed. I want to say fact, but just oh. because it's like so specific. You know, I That's why I want to say fiction. Is it a trick? That's, is it I, not? Oh, I man. Say, it's like an incomplete fact because there were also men that were ha- like that were executed during the Salem witch mm. trials, not really? just women. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Wait, hold on. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sticking to facts. Thinking too much about this. Go with your no, gut, right? I'm gonna say <laughs> fiction. I'm gonna say wanna, fiction, even though I'm not sure. But. I want to say fiction too. I feel like it's too specific. I feel like Robin did that on purpose. Ha ha ha! Yes, I'm way too obvious. <laughs> it is fiction. Yes. Yeah. So uh, among <laughs> the group who were wrongfully accused, like Liz mentioned, there were actually six men and two dogs. Maybe actually oh. more than two that were convicted and executed for the crime of witchcraft. <laughs> you witchcraft. You dog, yeah, I know. You so. That's not even fair because the dogs, like, they don't get a fair trial. They can't speak for themselves. What say you? Can you imagine being like, we have to put this dog to death? Well, that's the thing. So, like, one of the dogs, unfortunately, a girl who suffered a convulsion accused a dog of bewitching her, and then they shot it on the spot. Like, it's a witch. It is said that, like, the devil can take, like, a black dog is one of the, like, forms of the devil, right? Like, something like that. Yes. Well, it's crazy, like, where the hysteria lent people, like, one of the little facts I have here with it. So, originally, it was men who were accusing women soon became the targets because the communities were starting to take out their grudges on people. So, there was this one guy who was notorious for loaning money but never paying it back. And then, finally, the whole community was just like, you know what? We're just going to take care of him. Which? And so, they put him up to get get hung, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Only and before Satan he was hung, pay his debts. oh, I know. Before he was hung, he he recited the Lord's prayer, and it was believed back then that witches couldn't do that. And then the onlookers oh. were like, "Oh my God, no, pardon him!" And they're like, "No, nah, it's too late," and they killed him anyway. 
Oops. <laughs> yeah. Still a witch. Oh no, we were too wow. late by just seconds. Like women were doing this to women too. Like if one woman was being too friendly with your husband or all sorts of things. Like a lot of the reason why they were they ended up on the gallows being hung for witchcraft is not because they were witches or that they were even practicing some sort of folk magic or medicine or anything like that. A lot of it was just like they did something inconvenient because they're because you're literally pilgrims and like if you breathe the wrong way you're sinning. So Oh yeah. <laughs> naturally. Uh yeah, this is a great uh a great promo for episode four where we actually uh I led everyone through a um feminist kind of history of witchcraft and deep we debunked a lot of which uh, uh we debunked a lot of things, uh myths and uh fictions about witchcraft that are perceived today. But yeah. Alright. This is I'm so excited for this one. Are you ready? Are you prepared? <clears throat> the term jack-o'-lantern comes from an Irish folktale about a drunkard named Stingy Jack. I think I'm always going to guess fat, just to keep it classy. Sounds like a bee thing, like Stingy Jack. I mean, all most Irish people are drunkards, so fat. Hey, that's racism <laughs> against but the Irish. This could be like playing on stereotypes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with false. Oh, it's true. Ooh. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> but also, here's the thing, and I wrote this in my notes. It's true with a question mark. It's probably true. true I wanna, question. I want to lay the the groundwork here in that I found this fact first on a list of Halloween facts. <laughs> I followed. <laughs> yeah. I followed up. <laughs> I followed up with research from History.com and en.wikipedia.org. So, <laughs> so I want this to be taken with a grain of salt. If there are any Halloween specialists out there who's like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, but exactly. But more importantly, and this is why I think it's okay, because more importantly, I wanted an excuse to tell the, the myth, the story of Stingy Jack. Which is has its own Wikipedia article, so clearly it's true. Yeah, but it's, that's how Wikipedia works. It's a fascinating tale, and I I typed up a little version of it, and I'd like to read you a little. Not really a ghost story, but a bit of a spooky story, if that's all right. All right. Stingy Jack was known to all around him as an expert manipulator. The devil himself caught wind of Jack's reputation and sought Jack out hoping to determine whether Jack's silver tongue was as deceptive and vile as he had heard. You see, the devil was envious, upset even, that Jack had such a reputation. After all, he was the original deceiver, the best. How could a human possibly be known in, in the same way? He met Jack at night, along a cobblestone path, drunk and tired, Jack couldn't believe it at first as he saw a dead body on the ground. Upon inspection, he learned that this was he, the devil. Afraid that the devil would drag him to hell for all his misdeeds, he pled for one more drink. The devil agreed, and they drank for an entire night together. When their time came to an end, Jack revealed that he had no money. 
with which to pay the bartender. So he suggested that the devil turn into a coin. Jack would then pay the bartender with that coin, after which the devil would revert back. The devil appreciated Jack's guile, understanding how he earned his reputation. The devil did not fully understand, however. Because before he could react, Jack took the coin and put it in his pocket beside a silver cross. The devil, now trapped in Jack's pocket, was at Jack's mercy. Naturally, they struck a deal. Jack eventually freed the devil, but only under the condition that the devil would leave him alone for a year, and should Jack die, not drag his soul to hell. Upon the devil's return the following year, Jack tricked the devil once more, this time into climbing a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While picking the fruit, Jack carved a sigil into the trunk, trapping the devil in the treetop. At that time, Jack asked for ten more years, free of the devil. Indeed, Jack did eventually die. But his deeds on earth left him out of heaven's reach. God would not admit him. Yet the devil would not allow Jack into hell either. As penance for Jack's tricks, the devil sent him into the night, the plane of existence between the worlds, neither living nor dead, with only a burning piece of coal to light Jack's way. To keep the coal lit, Jack placed it into a carved-out turnip and continues to walk between the worlds to this day, no longer known as Singy Jack, but instead Jack of the Lantern. Ooh. That was very go. well read. Thank well you read. very much. I love Halloween. But yeah, so 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 uh, uh, Irish folks uh, and and uh, you know uh, European medievalist medieval uh, uh, folks in general also did this, carving jack lanterns out of out of turnips. And then once Irish immigrants came to America and brought the folk tale with them, they started using pumpkins, which were you know more plentiful in in uh, the American environment. And kept the story alive. And so, yeah, so that's where Jack Lantern gets its name. But again, I mean, I, I, as a historian, I've always had issues with this sort of like, this is the definitive origin of this thing. Like, as I was researching literally between history.com and Wikipedia, there are details that are different about the about the, the, the myth itself and everything. So please take this with a grain of salt. But I thought it was a kick-ass story. Uh, but, you know, this, this has Jack Lanterns. This has the devil. This has... Irish and this is necessary thing everything you need for a good Halloween folktale so yeah there you go very nice the devil was so silly it was just like I know I like the whole time reading that I was like even like if, even if he didn't put him in his pocket with a silver cross like I'm just gonna give you to the barkeep like okay yeah I don't know. it's it's Seems yeah. a little sauce you know even for the devil I was wondering like why would he decide to go up a tree like why would he trust Jack a second time <laughs> yeah, like know. You were a coin in his pocket for a while. I feel like you must have learned your lesson. Don't don't trust this guy. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm the devil. Shame on you. <laughs> I'm the devil. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I'm the devil. Yeah. What an idiot. What an idiot. The devil's an idiot, everyone. Yeah. That's your takeaway from there this episode. <laughs> So, fact or fiction, trick-or-treating developed from a thing process called souling for All Souls Day here in England, where I currently am. 
fact. I'm going to say fact. Souling is a... I've never heard that. Yeah, souling. Interesting. For All Souls Day, which is November 2nd. Yeah. You just got to trust her. As opposed to All Saints Day. Right. I, like, is what All is, Souls like the Protestant version of All Saints Day? It's, I think it's two. So you have you have All Saints Day to celebrate the saints, and then All Souls Day to celebrate everyone who died. I think that's how yes. the, the thing think. goes. So, um, Patrick, you're going to guess? or I'm about to, but <laughs> don't get to read you drop from souling. I just... I don't even know what souling means. I, I'm going to say true. It's absurd enough for it to be true. So I'm going to say true. And you're right. It is yes. absurd enough to be true. Oh, yes. Yeah. Heck yeah. So the process started classically because of capitalism. <laughs> so on All Souls Day, poor people would go knock on the houses of rich people. And in exchange for praying for the rich people's dead relatives, they'd get soul cake, which was like, you know something made of like flour and, and probably water let's be honest it's not gonna probably be, it's not a delicacy yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and so that was like the beginning of souling and then in i think let me just confirm my facts Yes. So then some say, and once again, I should say, like Patrick, my research was a little rough around the edges <laughs> for this. <laughs> Thank you, history.com. <laughs> <laughs> I only went to trusted non-source websites. I didn't click on like, you know, when you look something up and you can be like, history dot, like, I don't I, you know, dumb websites. Anyway, in Ireland and Scotland, children would start going out on All Souls Day and souling for treats. But instead of praying, they would like sing a song or recite a prayer or do a little dance, a.k.a. doing a trick for their treat. Oh, it's not menacing. It's not menacing. Oops. They're like puppies. (laughs) They're like puppies. (laughs) That makes everything so much sadder. These poor children literally sitting for rich people to throw down a piece of candy. Yes, and they would get like... like, Yeah, yeah. Not good enough. (laughs) Stick the landing. Try again. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I I literally thought it was like not a thing that had any history, but apparently it's got a slight history. I looked it up oh. and uh, soul cakes, um, they seem to, people still seem to make them, but they're like an oat cake with currants and spice. Oh, that actually sounds kind of good. I right. love an oat cake. And it has a cross on it. Oh, yeah. So kind of like a hot cross. <laughs> oh, yeah. <gasps> hot cross. Oh, it's Easter. I was going to say, it's like the Halloween hot cross bun. Hot cross, yeah. hot cross cake. Yeah. Hot cross cake. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. <laughs> Oh my god, that was hilarious. Thank Sorry, you. it took me a minute to put that together. I was like, <laughs> that's insane. That's my brand of comedy, Katie. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I do think the key takeaway from your story is that the scariest thing in, in our world really is the rich and capitalism. So, or capitalism. Capitalism, yeah. Either or. Yeah. So, much like kids eat candy on Halloween, we eat too, the rich. Yeah. <laughs> But don't actually. Cannibalism is only funny in jokes. <laughs> I mean, no. 
I, Robin's like, right? it can be funny like... other times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be What's nice is like, nowadays, you like, oh, you go to the rich people's houses on Halloween because they got the full-size candy bars. You know? Yeah, they do. The, the tables have turned. They don't get you go nothing, to the rich neighborhoods. But we get the, we get the, the full-size We're not candy praying bars. for your deadly departed souls. Nah. No. Just give us the candy. Give us the candy. So, fact or fiction? During the Great Depression. Fact or fiction, eh? During the Great Depression? No, that's not going Canadian anymore. Anyway, during this time, many American cities considered canceling Halloween due to a shortage of candy. Oh, part of me is like, yes, but then part of me is like, during the Great Depression, I feel like they had bigger things on their mind. But I did say I was going to guess fact for everything, so I guess I'm guessing fact. I mean, I feel like we had the same, there was, like, the same thing going around with COVID last year. Like, it mm. was, like, people were also being encouraged not to hand out candy or to do it in a different way. Um, so I'm going to say fact. I don't know. I just, I think that, like, I mean, I think with COVID, it's more of, like, a like a public health thing. But with, like, the Great Depression, there were still some people who had some money. Like, just the big candy bar people, you know? Maybe... Eat the rich. I don't know. I feel like gotta keep those kids happy. I'm surprised <laughs> there was, like, people giving out candy even in the 30s. Yeah, that's what I'm true. also thinking. That is true. even if it yeah. wasn't at the Great Depression, like, it'd be very hard to go around and collect yeah. candy unless you got, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And even, again, buying the candy, I feel like candy was really hard to buy, you know, yeah. at that point in time. Mm. Yeah, so they, I guess in how fact, did they, they didn't have the conveniently wrapped, like, little mini Kit yeah. Kats. Like, what did they give it out? I don't know. All right. What uh, is it? I want to say, wait, I, 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 I'm going to say, I'm going to say false. That is correct. It is fiction. <gasps> Ooh. But so they did go through with giving up candy then. To, yeah. Well, to some degree, it was Priorities. almost canceled for another reason, because during that time with the economic disaster and the like rising unrest among people, young men especially were a little violent with their Halloween antics. So people were actually petitioning to cancel the holiday. So instead, the communities were like, you know what? Let's just distract them. So this is where we come to the creation of uh, different holiday events like parties, costume parades, and haunted houses to keep them busy instead of them going around just tricking people and flipping cars. That's nuts. I love that. It's like, why flip a car when we could... <laughs> why flip a car when we could just scare you? <laughs> come into our <laughs> house. It'll be a weird time. It'll be nice. Or... <laughs> What's really scary is toxic masculinity. Oh, you know it. Remember I thought you were going to say capitalism. That too. I mean, that yeah. was still relevant. They go hand I mean, in hand. They really, I was about, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Amazing. All right, pass All right, on. all right, all right. Next fact. Let's go. So, this is exciting. All of my facts, by the way, are pumpkins slash jack-o'-lantern themed. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right. This one, uh, fast forwarding a little bit from uh, the Great Depression, this question is about World War II. So, during World War II, as rationing took effect in the United States, pumpkin seeds were actually a cheap and widely distributed commodity in the fall. I want to say fact. That feels like a natural fact. Yeah, because like but they I, come that... free with the pumpkin. Yeah, that seems yeah. like a fact. And honestly, pumpkins in general, like they're so cheap like to grow, and they grow like weeds. Like They're crazy. 
So definitely fact. Also, pumpkin seeds are amazing. That's the best part delicious. of pumpkin. Yeah, also. Delicious. He's going to tell us his affection, isn't he? False motherfuckers! Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just made that you up while that watching up? TV last night. I was just oh. like, wouldn't... <laughs> that was All a right, really good one. go off, I guess. I, you know, yeah. I'm a good liar. Anyway. <laughs> right. Hey, world. Well, am, I, am I lying about that, though? Who knows? Talk about something that's spooky. I literally wrote, yeah, IDK if they were cheaper, expensive, or even thought about it all, TBH. That was my bullet point <laughs> under that in my notes. So. Well, I hope during that depressing time that people got a little bit of extra serotonin from the pumpkin seeds. But. Oh, I hope so. Yes. They're so good. Oh, my God. They are. Go All, right, All right, Robin. Robin. Ooh. <laughs> Where's Insync? We are. All right. So my last fact or fiction has to do with one of our lovable, lovable Halloween characters, Mr. Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster. So fact or fiction, did Mary Shelley create the character of Frankenstein while telling ghost stories with her friends when she was trapped indoors due to bad weather on vacation? Oh, I it's so like so it's specific. I so it's, I want it to be true. It's fact. I, I know the an- I know the answer, but I also know that it's not just a ghost story. It was a competition, I believe. I, I want to. So say I'm false. not sure. I want to say false. I'm gonna say true. It's mostly true. <gasps> I'm saying fact. I'm saying fiction. No, I'm saying fact. fact. And this <laughs> is to be my pitfall. I'm very very specific, so we kind of give it away. <laughs> Amazing. So. Yeah, she was on vacation with her friends and they were they were stuck inside and they said during this time she was sitting around the men there and was absor- absorbed in their conversations about their speculations on the limits of modern science. And as the group grew bored of telling ghost stories, one of them challenged each other to make up a story that's better than the ones that they were reading. So on one sleepless night during a crazy storm, Mary woke up or she just had this horrible vision and she described it as I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out she wrote and then on the working of some powerful engine showed signs of life and here we are Frankenstein's monster was birthed yeah she was 16 and she had just married Percy Bysshe Shelley so it was Percy Bysshe Shelley and Lord Byron hanging out in Lord Byron's like big old mansion Uh uh-huh yeah. Yeah, and they I think they all ended up writing stories and like she won or like hers was the best. It totally yeah. was. Like Byron came up with a story of like he called it like vampire. It was like a vampire. It wasn't Dracula, but it was a spin on it and he also got published from that. Not nearly as good. No. Not as cool. Frankenstein is so oh my god, like the book Hot Take Guys. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is a good book. It's yeah. amazing. It's the first science fiction novel ever written, technically. Yeah. Wow, yeah. She invented the domain. Yeah. It yeah, exactly. It always has been. It's yeah. a very good one. It was neat too, because I believe she was also in, not inspired, but um there were experiments going on at the time with frogs, dead frogs and electrocurrents, where they were able to um like touch like electrodes to frogs and they're like their legs specifically and they would reanimate because like it would hit the nerves and so they would like move their legs and i think she had read about that or something i, I, I studied this in my first year english class and so i'm like trying to remember it and like that was also like that was a big topic back then was just like oh like bringing things back to life with electricity and she did it 
Yeah, she was so ahead of her time. Okay. All right. One more. Here we are. The last one. Yet another jack-o'-lantern pumpkin-related fact for you guys. Are you ready? Wait, is it a fact? I, I just like, as in like, a, <laughs> as in like a statement. I, or maybe a, a double bluff. All right. So a city, <laughs> a city in New Hampshire holds the Guinness World Record for the most lit jack-o'-lanterns. That seems that like a very, like New, very Hampshire New Hampshire thing. It's very Gilmore Girls. Fact. Yeah, fact. 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 Yeah, guys, it is a fact. It is. How many? Well, hold on. It is. It is the city of Keene, and in 2013, this city won the 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 world record for the most number of jack o' lanterns lit, and the number was thirty thousand five hundred and eighty-one. Oh my god! Wow. It's a I lot like, of pumpkins. We can beat it. In my well, head, but no. How did their town not burn down? I'm right? so scared. <laughs> Apparently, and this is a quote from the Guinness website, the Guinness World Records website. The quote is, Keen was the original record holder in this category and has now broken it eight times since the original attempt. Broken their own... Broken their own... Record. Yeah. Yeah. So they made the record in 2013 and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight leads us to 2021. Just, like, like one extra pumpkin, but I'm like, sure they didn't. Like 2013 to 2021, this this sound has upped themselves in how many pumpkins wow. they like, lit. Like, how many thousands of dollars in just pumpkins is that? Like, right? that's insane. Right? You know who I'm thinking of, too, is, like, that poor Guinness Book of World Record person that actually go out there and count every single one. I know. Because <laughs> if you beat a record, like a Guinness record, some an actual Guinness person has to be there to confirm it. Like, yes. it can't just be like, sure, you did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just person. they just get Dave every year to come on out. <laughs> every intern. Yeah. Oh, um, we hope you have a lovely it's Halloween. Fun. Yes! It's not for six days when this episode releases. Uh, but have a safe and lovely Halloween. Follow all your local guidelines. RE COVID. Don't accidentally summon the devil. Do read Cemetery Boys. Ooh. Yeah, never. You got some uh, fun or historical do. costumes. Share them with us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, if you have, yeah, DM us pictures of your costumes if they're fun and historical related. Yeah. Or even if they're not. We accept DMs. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know. You know. But have a safe and lovely Halloween. Thank you for making it through this episode. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you guessed alongside us. How many did you get? Yeah. yeah. How many did you get right? Tell us. And as always, rate and review this podcast and DM us if you're going to um, subscribe to our Patreon. That's a joke, but it's also not. But it's also, we would love to know. We would. Just tell us, please. <laughs> All right. Well, then on that note. I'll see you on the flippity flop. <laughs> 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 Digital Dust is recorded on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lanapawak, and Ottawandaran peoples, on lands connected with the London Township and Somber Treaties of 1796, and the Dish with One Spoon Covenant Wampum. This land continues to be home to First Nation peoples, Métis peoples, and Inuit peoples, whom we recognize as the contemporary stewards of the land and waters we are on today. Digital Dust is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Edwards, Katie Gaskin, Patrick Kingen, and Robin Marshall. 
Sound design by Elizabeth Edwards. An audio transcription by Katie Gaskin.